If music be the food of love, play on. You musical masticators, I am India. And I am Jonathan. And this is If, if Music Be, be the, the Food of, of Love. Each week, we take an album and compare it to a dish that we believe signifies the flavours and sounds of both the music and the food. We look at a range of artists and food from all over the world and give you a history of the musician, the album and the food as well. And we appreciate all of you who are listening to our podcast. And if you have any suggestions of dishes or albums that you'd like us to look at, just drop us a message. Our Instagram page is at if music be the food of love merry, merry christmas, christmas everybody everyone um so as you can tell this week is a little different so since it's christmas izzy and i have returned to our homes for the holiday um and so we are separated so we decided to shake it up a little for the christmas special so this week i am broadcasting from new york which new is york. really exciting new york new york New York, New York, as Frank Sinatra says. And so I've invited my dad onto the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> and he will be also serving as our guest chef for this show. Well, um, so I'm really honoured um, for you having me on the show. So thank you. And uh, as uh, Scarlett said, I'm obviously her dad. And um, apparently I'm also the guest chef, which um, feels like a special honour as well, actually. Um, now, I'm not a real chef, I should say that right at the start, although, um, in fact, my granddad, so Scarlett's great-grandfather, was uh, a professional chef, um, but I do enjoy cooking and, of course, uh, eating the food as well. <laughs> no. um, um, so I'm also the designated chef when it comes to Christmas dinner uh, here in the Horton household. Yeah, he makes the most incredible... Um, meal for Christmas Day. Um, so Papa John's is, although he would probably not say that he is, he is like a big musical inspiration in terms of he introduced me to most of the music that I enjoy now. Um, I wouldn't know Pink Floyd without my father or Sade. So I have to give a lot of credit to him there. And and you have to understand that obviously I grew up in a time before you know when the before they had the wheel or the invention of music. But now I was, I was thinking back when I so when I grew up, um, we had one record player in the house, and my parents wouldn't let me uh, play music on it. So it wasn't until I got to university and I bought a record player and a speaker that uh, I bought things like Pink Floyd and. and listen to music and of course it was really expensive as well you had to buy the albums mm. I do miss albums as well and like record players I think that's like a lost art within the music industry kind of just having everything on your phone just one click away is kind of a shame I think Izzy and I have touched on that before as well anyway so obviously since Iz is away um, my, we'll be doing a bit different for the show today so my dad and I will give you uh, our, our Christmas meal, so the ingredients for our dish, and then the songs that go with it, whilst Iz will give her Christmas meal over in England um, and her Christmas songs. So that means we're going to have a medley of Christmas songs for this week. So instead of taking just an album, um, we're going to just choose, you know, individual Christmas songs that we really enjoy that are, you know, listened to in our households 
and compare it to our dish. Um, so let's begin. The first song for this week um, will be White Christmas, um, done by Otis Redding. So that's the version we're looking at. And that's the main ingredient of our dish, which is a beef wellington. His dad oh. makes an incredible beef wellington. Uh, well, thank you. And I should just say, so in this household, uh, we've tried turkey. Uh, we've yeah. tried and failed badly with goose. Um, but yes, all the family love uh, a very traditional beef wellington. Um, yeah. So that, so um, this is White Christmas by Oating, Otis Redding. White Christmas by Otis Redding. I and love, I love that. Really, it's just got such a, um, it's just such an amazing voice, isn't it? He does. He has a beautiful voice, and I think it's just you know a prime representation of a beef Wellington. You know, just the kind of the soul in his voice is kind of like the the beef and that rawness that you get in it. And that you also get in his voice. And his voice also kind of just melts over the instruments, which is, again, it's like the softness of the beef um, if you cook it properly, um, and the ma mushroom pate. And, and it, it wouldn't have worked with... So the original version was Bing Crosby, obviously, singing White Christmas, um, mm. which he's, he sang in 1941 uh, on Christmas Day. That was the first time he sang it supposedly in public, um, and that was uh, taking everyone back centuries to, to just after uh, the raid on Pearl Harbor. And so a very strange time in, in America when it had been attacked. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't have worked. It just, he, his voice wouldn't work with, with Beef Wellington at all. No, and also I think, so there are quite a few covers of this uh, Christmas song, 
Um, but we, as a family, we love Otis Redding as a musician in general. And so I just, yeah, his voice is perfect for Beef Wellington. And also this song just, it makes me think of Love Actually because it's, it's in Love Actually, the film, which is also our go-to family Christmas film. Which, Similarly to the way that the Beef Wellington which is makes, our Which I've got to admit dish. now, which I've got to admit now makes me cry. So just, <laughs> I, I, can just, I can just put that out there. Makes me cry from the start. Honestly. It makes everyone cry. Anyway. Such a good film. Anyway, shall I explain how do we make how to make Beef Wellington? Yes, as a chef on the show, you should. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I, I feel especially honoured to, to talk about Beef Wellington. So anyway, so um, it was supposedly named after uh, the Duke of Wellington, but um, apparently its origins are much more recent, and it's a, just an English version of um, the French classic uh, of Filet de Boeuf en Creux. Hopefully I pronounced that properly. Um, so how do you make it? So the first thing you will good fillet of beef, trim to fat, um, season it well, salt and pepper. Always season. Um, and then, then sear it in a hot pan all over so it's, it's properly sealed. Um, put it aside to rest so it can cool. While you're letting it rest, fry a few mushrooms. So in a pan, um, chop those finely and then mix the mushrooms with pate or uh, duck liver mousse. Or if you want to, you can just use um, mushroom pate. Although here in America, it is very hard to get uh, mushroom pate. Um, wipe your pan clean. And then uh, we'd like you to make a large um, crepe or pancake. Um, so just to remind you, that's um, milk, um, flour, eggs, a little tiny bit of salt. Um, you, you obviously make your large crepe in the pan. Um, and then you are ready to assemble your beef wellington. You need, you're also going to need some parma ham some prosciutto di parma, and some cling film. Put the cling film down on, uh, on the work surface, uh, lay your pancake on top, then lay on top of that a layer of the prosciutto di parma, then um, finally spoon uh, your mushroom uh, pate that you've made on top of the prosciutto di parma, so all over, so it's like a, like a layer, and then finally um, brush your beef with a little bit of mustard and lay that in the centre very gently. And then what you're going to do now is you're going to roll it up like a parcel. So um, that's where the cling film can help you. And you can slowly um, roll um, the uh, prosciutto and the pancake around uh, the beef fillet. And, and then just wrap it with the cling film. And you can leave that to rest for a little bit just uh, while you make the pastry. So either make you can either make puff pastry if you're really so inclined, or you just go out and buy some puff pastry. Um, remember, with pastry, you always need to keep things cool as you can. Uh, keep your hands cool. You can put the rolling pin in the freezer before you um, roll puff pastry. That just helps it keep the, keeps the pastry cool. Um, and then you roll out your puff pastry with um, some flour. And then you're going to get it to a, la a large enough size that it was going to totally enclose the beef fillet uh, that's now wrapped. So once you're ready, uh, take your beef fillet wrapped in uh, the parma ham and uh, your pancake. You're going to lay it in the centre of your pastry and then you're going to roll the pastry over it so the pastry totally encloses um, your beef fillet. And you're going to seal that with um, a little bit of um, egg wash. And then once it's all sealed, you're going to put egg wash all over your, um, your beef wellington effectively. Um, if you're feeling artistic, you can do some pastry uh, leaves or you can do some lettering. Um, and then, uh, if you like, rest it in the fridge for about 15-20 minutes. Um, have you 
get your oven hot to about 200 degrees centigrade, and then you're going to roast it um, in the oven, or you're going to cook it in the oven for um, 15 to 20 minutes to get the pastry brown, and also make sure the beef is about the uh, the right uh, medium rare or rare or however you like it. Medium and, rare. And that's you, how you should eat beef. Thank you. And but you, if you want to, you can use a you can use a meat thermometer, which you put through the, the pastry. So anyway, so that, that was my hopefully quick run through of beef Wellington. I just had to say that was like having Gordon Ramsay in the room talking about how to make a dish. That was actually amazing. <laughs> well, so can I just say we're going to do we're going to do beef Wellington together today, obviously. Cause we always do beef Wellington together. Well, I like to sit on the side and let Papa John's do it, but he makes a great beef Wellington, and it kind of takes the whole day. So you just have this lead up to the final meal when we eat it and we don't have a big breakfast we don't have any lunch it's just we just ready our stomachs for when we can finally eat the beef wellington okay i'm ready can we have it now <laughs> so that was the beef wellington which was otis redding's white christmas which brings us to our next ingredient and in our next song which is the yorkshire pudding how can you have beef without yorkshire pudding how can you have beef yes you have to have the Yorkshire pudding. And that is Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. And can I just say, so, so um, our, um, my sister-in-law lives in, um, in, in on, well, now in Lancashire, but was, used to be right on the borders of Yorkshire. And, and we used to go uh, to pubs there. And up pubs up there serve Yorkshire pudding as a dish by itself. Yeah, because it is delicious. Oh, I love Yorkshire pudding. So this is Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas, everybody, which I, is the Yorkshire pudding. And that was just of my era, okay? That's just, so that's kind of like my 
it's really bad, isn't it? But that is kind of like my growing up, you know, late growing up song. Yeah, so it was released in 1973, so that was definitely around your growing up stages, Papa. Um, but so this is, like, definitely the Yorkshire pudding for both of us. So both my dad and I absolutely love this Christmas song, um, and... We love our Yorkshire puddings. I think you, you love so so. Scarlet will eat Yorkshire pudding with anything. I, I've never seen her order Yorkshire pudding with fish, but any form of meat, you have to have Yorkshire pudding. I just think it's such a perfect like element to any kind of meaty English dish. It just scoops up all the sauces, all the flavors, and it's a perfect kind no. of texture and fluffiness. Oh, I love a Yorkshire pudding. So, so that's the thing is, right, so just quickly, making a Yorkshire pudding, there's two secrets to making a Yorkshire pudding. So one is you need a really hot oven, and the other is you need a cold fridge, believe it or not. So, mm. okay. Very two parts of the spectrum there. Exactly. Extremely hot oven, extremely cold fridge. Yeah. Um, but no, so Papa John's makes the best Yorkshire pudding in my view. Um, I think it's got that homemade element that just always makes something so much better. Um, so he's just going to tell you a little bit about how he makes his delicious, award-winning, in my view, Yorkshire puddings. Oh, thank you. And I, <laughs> I've got to say, I'd, so, so sadly, um, uh, my mum is no longer with us, so um, Scarlett's grandmum, but she um, made uh, really amazing Yorkshire pudding, and I learned from her. But yeah, so it's very similar to a pancake mix. So it's, it's eggs and flour and uh, a little bit of milk and a tiny bit of salt. And the ideal thing is once you've made it, so it's, it's a fairly sort of thick batter, put it into the fridge for about half an hour to let it rest, and that really helps. And whilst you're letting it rest, so put a bit of oil into a Yorkshire pudding tray, so you're going to make, probably make little Yorkshire puddings. Um, put the oil in, we use olive oil, and you need to put that into a hot oven and let the oil get hot, but obviously you don't want oil to go on fire, but you do want it very hot in the oven. After about 20 minutes, take your mix out. So you've got your mix, put your mix into the, the tray and then put the tray straight back into the hot oven and your Yorkshire puddings will rise magically and be <laughs> wonderfully crisp and golden. So. Sadly, I can't say that I've ever made a Yorkshire pudding by myself, um, which is, I think, a sin. No, no, but, well, I think we should just have a go today. Yeah, we should, but Dad makes them really well and sometimes I just, I mean, it's... Quite a simple, he says it every time. It's a very simple dish to make. It doesn't take too long once you put it in the oven. So you want to make it towards the end of your meal. You don't want to make it at the beginning because you still kind of want them hot and fluffy on your plate. Um, but I've watched um, Papa John's make them. And it's very similar, like, just as he said, it's kind of like pancake or crepe batter. Um, but just made into an actual kind of meal. Of itself. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so that was Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. Another fabulous Christmas song that we absolutely love in this family. And the Yorkshire puddings, another food that we just... I could eat I, I could eat so many Yorkshire puddings. Yes, I could have it as a dish. But there's one thing that, that Scarlett <laughs> has to have with her Yorkshire puddings, which is all of the sauces. All of the sauces perfect um little bridge there dad so this brings us to our next ingredient which are the sauces and we say sauces plural because we are talking about horseradish apple sauce cranberry sauce and gravy all necessary 
Um, and this is Wham's Last Christmas. Um, so we'll let you give let you give that a listen and then we'll just give a little chat about that. That was Wham's Last Christmas, um, which is a representation of all the sources. And, and another song from my era kind of thing. Really. Again, a lot of so thank you. Christmas songs from your era. I do think, like, you don't see as many original Christmas songs. I mean, you've obviously got the classic Justin Bieber, Mistletoe. Um, but a lot of them are just covers. It is interesting, see. it is interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. somehow some of the more, you know, like, garage and house and rap somehow hasn't yet permeated kind of as a, as a Christmas music genre. I suppose it all started out with carol singing and kind of that sort of melody. Mm, yeah. It's very true. Um, before I begin, just a first a shout out to Masaji. Um, so this is her favourite Christmas song. Um, so this uh, little bit is dedicated to her. Um, so... That was last Christmas. And I think it's um, just a strong representation of the sources because it has a very upbeat kind of tempo, Last Christmas by Wham. Um, and the sources have just so much flavour. And I feel like Last Christmas has a lot of flavours within the song as well. And that tempo kind of matches the speed at which you eat the sources <laughs> that go with. And so I, I, I hope I can share this. I hope it's kind of well mine. But we went and had... Um, uh, a Sunday lunch at a, at a pub in Oxford and um, the, um, the waitress couldn't keep bringing the sauces to us fast enough that we were eating the bread sauce and the apple sauce and, and, and uh, can I say actually I think I was at least as guilty if not more guilty. Oh definitely. <laughs> we love our sauces in this family. Any sauce you can get. Yeah. A dish needs sauces. You just need that extra flavour. Um, so just a little back background to Last Christmas. So it was released in 1984. It's obviously by Wham, which includes George Michael, R.I.P., and Andrew Ridgely. And I'm going to, yeah, I just think it's such a great Christmas song. George Michael wrote, performed, produced, and played every single instrument on this song. And I think that, again, is just, you know, representative of how great an artist he is. You know, he d did all of it by himself, and then and Andrew kind of added yeah. you know, the extra and he, kind of, and he kind of went from being kind of, like being this teen idol to being something much more kind of 
much more the kind of adult marketplace. Yeah, and he's a phenomenal musician. And, you know, I just, I do love Last Christmas by Wham. Um, It's a great Christmas song. And I think it's, you know, a very much loved uh, Christmas song among households in England. And I even think in the US as well. And I think it's as... Is an is necessary to every single Christmas album you listen to. I think Wham is always a staple, um, and in our household, the sauces are a staple to the Christmas meal. So you know that is why this is definitely the sauces. Um, anything on how you like to make your dad makes a great apple sauce as well. Well, so you just you need ideally you just need you, what you need is some cooking apples and it's really simple you just put them in a pan. So you so you peel them, slice them, put them in a pan with a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of water and then just cook that down until very gently until the the apple soften and then becomes becomes a sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So dad makes a really great apple sauce and he always does it the night before and prepares. The big, exactly. He's a big preparer when it comes to food for the Christmas meal. Um, but the apple sauce, I think oh, you just need it. You can't do bread sauce with beef, but you can do um, horseradish and apple sauce. They're necessary. And, 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 cranberry, and cranberry. And I'm, I'm, yeah, definitely cranberry. People always say cranberry with um, turkey, but I think it goes as well with beef as it does with, you know, turkey. So I think cranberry's um, very important to have as well. Um, and so those are the sauces. Um, which is Last Christmas by Wham. And this brings us to the potatoes and the veggies. Really important too, obviously. Also, again, really important part of the meal. And roast potatoes, you've got to do really nice kind of crispy roast potatoes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, what, and what kind of music goes with, goes with kind of vegetables and crispy roast potatoes well, and that kind of... I think we thought John Lennon's um, Christmas song, which is Merry Christmas, um, brackets, war is over. And what a, what a great, another great artist. You have, just got, you have so many great artists in this, yeah. this podcast, because just such, such classics, aren't they? And yeah. John Lennon, so, yeah. I think it's just, you know, you, take, you have some very classic artists and musicians, and most musicians have done a cover of some Christmas song in their time. Um, but there are definitely some standouts, which include John Lennon's and Yoko Ono's, I should note as well. Um, so this is Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Julie. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The old and the young 
So that was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Merry Christmas, War is Over, which is the potatoes and the veggies. And it takes me straight back to Liverpool, which is where <laughs> I grew up, from the pool like about. <laughs> what a beautiful accent that was, Dad. Um, so... Lennon and Yoko Ono, this was, their sev- this was his seventh single post-Beatles, um, and I think it's definitely a holiday favourite song. It's also known, interestingly, for its response to the Vietnam War, so this is obviously kind of... But he was such a peace activist. Such right? a peace... Both of them were, yeah. and so I think it's really interesting how he's made a Christmas song that's also you know, a response to... War. Yeah, no, he's, he was. He was a. He, he was a. Well, they both were political activists at mm. a time when it was really difficult being a political activist. Oh yeah, and especially with the Vietnam War, it's yeah. just such a. People very mixed views about it, and you know there was a lot of anger and resentment for the decision to go to war, um, and so you know, is the song is also known for. Um, their, you know, a response to the war and also a culm- their culmination of more than two years um, of peace activism. Um, and so this song was released in 1971, again, the 70s, similar kind of era as the other songs. And it was during the height of the count- counterculture movement. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I felt that this song has, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's not as happy as others, but there is like a sadder element to it. You know, when he says, so this is Christmas, you got that kind of like darker note to well, it. Also, his voice is kind of, right, has, that, has that kind of, kind of that haunting lullaby yeah, almost, bruising. the way he sings. Yeah, yeah and, and I think you've kind of got that with potatoes and veggies. You've got kind of a bit more of a, it's like a bit stodgier in comparison to like the sauces or the fluffiness of the Yorkshire pudding. And so I think this song really represents the potatoes and veggies. Um, and also, again, mum loves this Christmas song. It's one of her favourites. And potatoes and veggies, you've got to have that on the plate on your Christmas meal. Um, so dad starts prepping it all the yeah. night before. Christmas and exactly. And, do, and you're going to do whatever vegetables you like so you can do you know simple things like carrots and peas and broccoli and and do a whole variety of really kind of expensive vegetables mm. um, like here they do so they do uh, sweet potato and those sort of things but um the main thing actually though is roast potatoes if you're doing roast potatoes um ideally part boil them so they're a little bit soft and then put them in the pan when they're in the pan to so drain them um shake them with a little bit of olive oil or butter so they get coated in oil into the oven then and then roast them in a fairly hot, hot oven. Mm. So you get really crisp outside to your roast potatoes and the inside is all soft and fluffy. Yeah, and also, um, I just, I love the potatoes. We also do Brussels sprouts as a staple again in our family. Parsnip and carrots is our usual go-to for the veggies. Um, which again, you can either roast them, which is our go-to, or you can boil them. Um, but we'd recommend the roasting of the vegetables and the potatoes. Um, and I think it's really important that you have got that crispy outside on the potatoes. You can have the salt and the peppers, and you also want to make sure you turn them over in the oven so that both sides get um, cooked and roasted. 
uh, and the same with actually the parsnips and the carrots. They t car uh, the parsnip takes a little bit less time as with the Brussels sprouts than the potatoes, so you can always put them in a bit later after you've done the potatoes to make sure everything's hot coming out. Um, so we felt that the potatoes and the veggies was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Merry Christmas War is Over, um, and so I guess you know. So with with the meal, um, you know, you're probably going to drink some red wine um, and just kind of. But then, what do you do after the meal? Right. Yes. What do you do after the meal? That is um. That is a Calvados drinker. And interesting enough, <laughs> um, it's strange that Father Christmas also prefers Calvados in this house. So he gets <laughs> he gets carrots for the um, carrots for his reindeer. He gets a mince pie, obviously, just because he's going to be um, a little bit hungry after all the effort of coming down our chimney. Uh, and then he gets uh, some Calvados. And, and actually, um, the poorer of the Calvados, which is Scarlet, usually gives him a very large <laughs> shot and measure of Calvados. So, um, yeah, it's so interesting that um, Santa Claus just loves Calvados. It's, you know, it's really interesting that both of you have such a similar taste in alcohol. Exactly. Exactly. So for us, the... Um, the next uh, part of the dish, which is the alcohol, is Calvados, which for us is baby, it's cold outside, an absolute classic. And this version we're looking at is Frank Sinatra's. So enjoy this. I really can't but stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go away. But baby, it's cold outside. And hoping that you hoping that you'd drop in very nice. I'll hold your hands there just like My I My mother will start to Beautiful worry. what's your and heart father will be pacing the floor Listen to the fireplace so roar really I'd better scurry. Beautiful please don't hurry Maybe just a half a drink more Put some records on while I pour Neighbors might think Baby it's bad out there Say what's in that No dream? cabs to be had out there Wish I knew your how eyes are like starlight to break now. the spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks I swell. ought to say no, 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 Mind sir. if I'm moving At closer. At least I'm gonna say that I'd What's tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, ah, it's cold outside. outside. I've gotta get home. But baby, you'll freeze out there. Man, it's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. I thrill when you touch my hand. Don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of my lifelong sorrow. So that was Frank Sinatra's Baby, It's Cold Outside, which is the Calvados. And, and, and there's so many choices of versions of this, aren't there? Yeah. So, you know, it was such a classic, I, mean, I guess, what, post-war song? Or mm -hmm. war, it was written in 1944, I believe. Wow. And I think, I mean, the mo two most well-known, I would argue, are is the Dean Martin version and the Frank Sinatra and Dorothy Kirsten version. However, you know, for both Papa John's and I, Frank Sinatra is Calvados, whereas Dean Martin is more of a bourbon. So we decided to go with Frank Sinatra's version rather and, than and we should And we should say that this song kind of has some controversy around alcohol and, and kind of just... Well, at the time, it was it was a song that, that talked about the dynamic about 
the relationship between men and women and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. So mm. um, we're going to kind of step aside from all that. It's a, it's a beautiful song, and um, and obviously we're not encouraging drinking alcohol, but somehow um, a glass of Calvados or something on uh, Christmas evening seems like a lovely thing sat in front of the fire. Yeah. I, I mean, Calvados isn't my go-to drink. I still haven't quite got my taste buds to enjoy well, the good, taste it's of a good it. job though no, it's not because <laughs> it's, it's like it's like you know there's a different ages for different alcohols it's there? true there are it's like just recently you know i've started enjoying whiskey which mm. dad loves also mm. so that's a shared drink for us and usually we have a red wine with the beef wellington um just because of the flavors go well together it's, it's a red yeah. wine drink not a white wine um, and when I was when I was your age, I loved um, red fizzy wine, an Italian wine called, wine called Lambrusco, and, <laughs> and we thought that we were the most sophisticated people in the world drinking fizzy red wine. Well, that's good to know that your tastes have evolved, improved. So Calvados, I should just say, so Calvados, I'm sure people know, but Calvados comes from uh, northwest France, from Normandy. Um, and it's made obviously from typically from uh, apples, although it can be made from pears. But it's like brandy, but the difference is it's made from apple, and so it's a little bit sweeter as a drink. So, it's, mm. so I don't like brandy, but it's a little bit it's a little bit sweeter. It's more like a kind of peaty whiskey somehow in some ways. Um, but it's just a nice uh, drink, I guess. Um, if I'm honest, I drink it probably about six times a year, and, <laughs> and associate it with Christmas. And if we go and stay in France, I always somehow have a have a Calvados in the evening. So. It definitely is a Christmas drink. I think for me, I associate it with Christmas also just because of when Papa John's drinks it. It's usually around Christmas. I'd see him have, you know, a glass or yeah. two. And well, I'm going to. I'm just tonight. I will have uh, a glass of Calvados, and I'm going to raise a toast to say thank you to Scarlett because it is such <laughs> an honour and a pleasure to be part of these podcasts. And uh, and I know that I'm a poor replacement for for Izzy. Uh, but the two of them do such an extraordinary job, and I I love the concept of bringing together um, music and food. It's just it's just such a natural combination. So um, I just want to say thank you again. Thank you so much for letting me be part of this, and um, such a great experience to um, to do this. And I, I'm also conscious that my knowledge of music is nothing like the pair of you, which is just extraordinary. Well, it was really nice to have you on this show, Dad, and. It's nice to have, you know, your the person who raised you with music and raised you with food come onto the show and share the classic meals that you've made for me and talk about music that we both love. And so that's it was really lovely to have you on the show and it was really nice to do it with you as well. Thank you so much. So the Thank podcast you. loves having you on and maybe we'll have you as another guest chef one day. Anyway, I would love that. Over to Izzy in England, who will introduce her meal and her songs for you. Um, this is India signing off. And thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. I am Izzy. Hello, you musical masticators. Unfortunately, I am not. <laughs> I'm not having a guest. But thank you so much, Jonathan. Your chef skills sound insane the food that you were able to just go into detail just sounds absolutely impeccable so i'm really excited to try out some of the recipes that you guys went into and you have chosen some amazing christmas songs may i just say so myself but i hope everyone has had a smashing fantabulous christmas 
and an amazing Boxing Day. I hope you've had some lovely Christmas food. I hope you've had a little good dance, listened to some good music, and just enjoyed some time for yourself and some time with your friends and family, whether that is socially distanced, face-to-face, or over a phone. I hope that you've just had a wonderful holiday. So I'm sending you guys all that love. Um, But anyways... I'm going to go and straight into it and start talking about my first kind of essential necessity food for Christmas. And in the Moulding household, we absolutely adore pigs in blankets. I think we love it. I don't want to say more than the turkey, but it's one of the elements of the kind of dish that is brought out for Christmas that is just gobbled up by everyone on the table. And it's something as well um, where my mum, she cooks a huge amount of them so that we just end up kind of having it as finger food throughout the evening because we usually have um, Christmas lunch at like 4pm and then we just always end up by the fire still nibbling on pigs and blankets because they're so amazing and they're also just a perfect size perfect amount they are just gorgeous um so anyway um I think that the pigs and blankets are representative of Frank Sinatra's have yourself a merry little Christmas. So here it is for you guys. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. A merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles away Happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow hang a shining star upon the highest bough and have yourself a merry little Christmas now
So that was Frank Sinatra, and he's already been on another track, which was Baby, It's Cold Outside, which India and Papa John's chose. And I've got to say, Frank Sinatra is such a Christmas vibe. He His voice is so beautiful and velvety, and he just kind of transports you to another world. It's very transcendent, and every time I can just listen to all of his music, not just his Christmas music, um, during Christmas time because he has that Christmas feel. And I think it's the timbre um, and tone of his voice that kind of gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It just makes me so happy. And that, that is the Christmas feeling and the Christmas spirit. So Frank's voice, it's velvety and it melts, as I said before, and that's kind of like the sausage. Um, and then you've got the strings and the really angelic voice in the background that kind of give that extra crunch, which is the bacon. And also, I'm really sorry, I've actually forgotten to explain to you listeners what pigs and blankets are, just in case some people don't know what it is. It's basically little finger sausages with bacon wrapped around it. I know, it's basically a carnivore's, <laughs> a carnivore's heaven and a vegetarian's nightmare. But in our family, we're quite big carnivores, especially, um my brother and sister they love it so pigs and blankets is just a big big hit um but this song is very beautiful especially this version it feels very grand and very carol like with the strings in the background and the voices i just feel yeah like i'm in a um i don't know if it's in a church but in a big hall and again really transcendent and also i don't know like my mum and me were speaking about this on the grounds that this song for me is actually quite sad. Um, it's very melancholic. And we discussed this on our Gorillas podcast, but we were saying how melancholic music is so, it's just very interesting because I feel like as an art form, music for me anyway, and you guys can debate with me on this, but it's a really great representation of melancholy. I think music just, it really, for me anyway, it kind of strikes me as, um, showing that emotion so perfectly and I feel like this song does it as well and what's really interesting about this song everybody is basically it was written um, in a musical in the 40s for Judy Garland and Judy Garland was a beautiful vocalist she originally played she played the original Dorothy and if you guys want to know more about her I definitely check out Judy it's a film that recently came out it won I feel like it may have won the best film for last year but I may be wrong um, but it was played by Renee, Renee Zell, I can't say her last name, Renee Zellweger, um, the actress who played Bridget Jones. Um, but that's an amazing film about her. But anyway, this song was written for her and she told the writers originally that she couldn't sing it because it was too sad, which really, um, really struck me because I always find this song quite sad. And anyway, for me, I usually have a cry every Christmas and it can be a cry for joy a cry for sadness. I think when it comes to Christmas and New Year, we're very reflective of what happened in our year. So usually for me, also I've had a bit to drink. So I usually have, I have a cry and sometimes it's at the start of the day and sometimes it's at the end. But this song for me really um, hits me in the core of the heart sometimes um, and makes me quite emotional. And I actually just can't explain it. I think it's the way it's sung, the beautiful word, words and also just Frank Sinatra, he is a legend. And the way he performs, the way he sings, his kind of gusto is something I've never heard, I'd never heard by anyone else before. He's very unique. 
Um, but he performs this song so beautifully and it's, yeah, a nostalgic, emotional, um, kind of, a, yeah, strikes a sense of pathos in me at times, but also very beautiful. So anyway, moving on. My next song um, is gonna, it's gonna be a bit controversial, guys. I'm gonna <laughs> push the boat out on this one. But um, in my family, I don't know, people have different traditions at Christmas, but in the Moulding household, we always, always play Barbara Streisand. Um, my dad's parents basically brought me up on it. And every Christmas, it is the tradition that we religiously play her albums, all of them, for around, uh, like, basically half of the day. And we sing her songs. Um, so, yeah, she's very important to my family, especially at Christmas time. We love to listen to her. Um, so the song that I'm going to be comparing um, to is Happy Days Are Here Again. And this Sing represents the turkey. Sad times Go long bad times We are rid of you at last Howdy gay times Cloudy grey times You are now a thing happy days are here again and just um to reiterate the song wasn't actually written by barbara streisand she was doing a cover it it was written 30 years prior to her version that was recorded um by a lyricist um, of the name jack yellen um but what's really interesting this song has a really deep interesting um history 
to it because a lot of people have covered it. Um, it was a song that was also used in the campaign for Franklin D. Roosevelt's 1932 pres presidential campaign. It was used in multiple musicals. Um, but what happened is Barbara Streisand, she um, did a cover of it 33 years after the song's um, first release. And she kind of traditionally sung, it was sung as like a very brisk pace, but hers was notably slow as she wanted it to be a bit more expressive. She wanted a more expressive rendition of the song, which I love. And the vocals, the vocals on this song are absolutely spectacular. Like, it's such a belter of a song and she hits all those notes with such ease and elegance. Um, but this song is one of the songs that when it's played at Christmas, my whole family gets up with huge smiles on our face and we sing the song out loud and proud. And why I think it is the turkey is because in our household, the turkey is the main bit of the dish. And I feel like this song, for me especially in my family, it's very important to us. It reminds me of my granny Doris um, and David, my grandpa. Doe and Dar, they love Barbara Streisand. It's just a core. It's a core of a dish, the turkey, like that of this song in our family. And with regards to how the turkey is cooked, my mum smothers it in butter, a lot of seasoning, salt and pepper. She puts this, chucks the stuffing into the turkey and then she kind of just tosses onions. So just to give the turkey that really great flavour and not to make it too dry once it comes out of the oven. I think as well, the turkey, you have to cook it for so long. And I feel like it's a bit like this song. It's so slow and then suddenly you've got that grand finale at the end. And that's basically when the turkey is placed onto the table everyone's just waiting to eat everything and just dive right in so i feel like that is just very reminiscent of this song it's perfect symbolism isn't it um i also love the lyrics in this song they are so beautiful and they are just very reflective and make you just happy because it's basically preaching this idea that you need to be super appreciative of your life and around you and just basically living. So there's lines like, you are now a thing of the past. There's howdy gay times and there's also cloudy gray times. So then in the chorus, she just goes, so let's let's tell the world about it now. Happy days are here again. She's almost claiming um, this happiness and saying, I'm shouting from the rooftops. And it feels like she is as well when she sings, it's just, so expressive the way that Barbra Streisand sings this song. And I love it because I feel like it's very reflective of how you feel at Christmas. Um, Christmas is a time to just show love and kindness to all human beings and everyone around you and be generous and give gifts and be appreciative and love everyone because it's just, oh, I absolutely love it. It's a time to do it and a time to just be at one with yourself and your family and friends. And I think this song, when we sing it, we all dance together and we all kind of look at each other with this love and kindness and be like, well, we are happy despite what's going on. We're happy, we have each other and we are happy and healthy. So yeah, I just, I love this song and definitely check Barbra Streisand out. She is just an amazing performer an amazing vocalist and a great musical if you guys are interested is Funny Girl. She is so gorgeous in it. I love, the film is very, very beautiful, but she is just an amazing actress, singer and performer.
in that musical as well. So definitely check that out. I also love about this version, if you guys haven't heard, but um, it's a live version. And I think what's really great, especially during COVID times when we haven't had the opportunity to go to many concerts and gigs, to listen to live versions of songs because you really hear that rawness and it's as if you are there um, in the flesh and it's really gorgeous. It's There's no editing or production. It's how it sounds in a live performance. And this song, as you can probably hear from the audio, it started off with clapping and it's just her on a stage singing and it's a very bare, raw performance and I think that makes it all the more powerful. So anyway, I hope you guys have had a very, very Merry Christmas and I just want to send out all my love to you and your family and also to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Andrew and I did not entail um, how many listeners we were going to have and we just really want to spread our gratitude to you guys and just say thank you for listening. It means the world to the both of us and I'm super super excited for next year I want to do even more with this podcast I want to get some guests on I want to make a big website I just want to really expand this community um, so the only way is up so I'm really excited for next year but I hope you guys have all had a wonderful holiday and I hope you're all happy and healthy and please keep tuned in for our next week episode. We're planning to probably do another medley that's just going to be looking back on the year and what our favorite songs have been. So it's going to be a different mix of songs just like this one where we kind of speak about it. And unfortunately, we won't be together again um, due to the fact that we are um, on different part in different parts of the world. We're seas apart, but I'm sure that we can still create a podcast. We've got the materials to do it so we definitely will be um, releasing another episode out next week but for now have a lovely holiday and have a merry merry christmas i'm izzy and this is if music be the food of love